Welcome to the Inside Scoop Live podcast, where indie authors get personal about their books, their writing, and their passions. I'm your host, Sherry Hoyt. Join me for some lively conversations with debut indie authors and seasoned veterans alike. It's a great place to find your next amazing read or even get inspired. So sit back and enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hi, everyone. Hollis Francis is here today to talk with us about his new quarterly journal, Altar Called Witness. His inaugural edition is titled The Pregnant Years of the Hebrew Calendar and the Maseroth Revisited. And we're going to learn all about what that means in just a bit. But first, here's the inside scoop on the author. Hollis Francis has 15 years experience in technical writing from his career as a technical support engineer on medical equipment at a major manufacturer service company. He retired after 30 years in 2020. That's when he decided to start a new career as an author of short stories based on actual events. Although he does have a novel or two inside his heart that needs to come out in the future, and he published his first short story, Willie's Accident, in 2021. Hollis is a military veteran who served first in the U.S. Navy for four years, from 1975 to 1979. Then in 1983, he enlisted into the U.S. Marines and served until 1987. Hollis has a degree in electronic communications technology. He is married with two adult children and three grandchildren. You can learn more about Hollis Francis and his work at hollisfrancisaof.com. Well, hi, Hollis. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Thanks, Ari. I appreciate your time. I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to learn more about your work. So why don't you start by giving us a little bit of background information. What is Altar Called Witness about? Uh, Originally, it was going to be, you know, that Bible verse about the uh, Altar Called Ed, just to give you some background, A-L-T-A-R the altar called Ed, where Joshua and his army was going to go destroy the Manasseh and Benjamin for creating an altar on the other side of the Jordan River. Mm-hmm. And then once they got there, they said, oh, no, we're not sacrificing here. This is just, uh, we called the altar Ed. And I'm always curious to me, to Ed, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> in the original Hebrew, Ed means witness, uh, where the E means behold, and the D, uh, you know, we're like uh, two hands holding up in the head. Uh, and your and next you hit like a field goal saying hey that's that word for the uh, Hebrew letter hey is the e and d is the door in the flap of a tent so they're saying behold the way to the real temple and that's why they didn't have the battle so that really intrigued me that you know for about the last four years or so I've been watching all these videos and doing a lot of reading from the uh, Hebrews Hasidic mostly but also some of the Kabbalists and others. And I couldn't believe how similar the discussions were with Hasidic as they are with Christians. They talk about the spirit. They talk about love. They talk about lots of things that are very similar. The only thing, of course, they don't believe Jesus is the, uh, you know, that you can be uh, redeemed from somebody else's sacrifice like that. Mm -hmm. And then also that actually hadn't come back yet, so they won't know that until he does come back. So anyway, my point for the book was to try to get a discussion going between Hebrews and Christians and get the Christians to be more interested in everything Hebrew. Mm. And so, yeah, and then the altar part of it, the A-L-T-E-R, actually came from God, I swear, after I found the witnesses with the dwarf planets, altar means old one or old man. 
And so that's how I came up with Alter Called Witness. That's how I originally started. And as I started doing research for Alter Called Witness, and I had gathered a whole bunch of teachings from the Hasidics and also from uh, Messianic rabbis to show how similar the teaching is and on the weekly readings and all. Mm-hmm. But as I was researching in that, then, of course, I got interested in the Hebrew calendar, which I found out about the pregnant years. And uh, a couple of that was uh, new information, like from the Bethlehem Star, where they, the planet Jupiter was discovered by that lawyer, uh, Jim Larson, I think his name is. Uh, that, and I watched that video for years now. And I bought the same astronomy software and just thought, oh, what would it look like on these interesting dates on the Hebrew calendar, like the ninth of Av? You know, is that is that just a tradition? What the uh, Hebrews teach is on the ninth of Av was when the uh, ten spies brought back the bad report. It's when the first temple was destroyed, when the second temple was destroyed, when they were expelled from England, and when they were ex- expelled from Spain is when World War One and World War Two started. Well, they combined them both. World War Two was just an extension of World War One. So I'm looking at this and going, is that just tradition or is it real? Mm-hmm. You know, because the whole thing, I was just doing research for the original thing for us to be able to talk in similar terms. And then I found out that it's real. I mean, even though all those different dates over all those years, and again, the uh, Hebrew calendar uh, oscillates back and forth within the Gregorian calendar. Mm-hmm. So it might be October, September, or August, or whatever on all these other things that were happening on our calendar. But it really, we're looking up in the history using outside sources, the dates that are shown for all those events I just mentioned show that they actually all did occur on the 9th of August, mm. which was incredible to me. So then that made me start thinking, well, I wonder if there's anything in the stars on these particular days, you know, like there was for the Bethlehem stuff at Jim Larson video. And sure enough, I found it. I, I couldn't believe it. And so then my whole book concept changed to, well, we might disagree on biblical scripture, but we can't disagree on astronomy because that's science. <laughs> mm. See? Okay. So, and then as I'm going through the data, I'm going, holy cow, this is going to take me 20 years to, <laughs> to get all the information out of it that I wanted. It's just so much data. It's just unbelievable. And I was trying to get more data, but then all of a sudden I just got overwhelmed with the data. It's okay, that's it. You know, it's going to take too long. I won't be able to process it well. Yeah. Let me just do this shortly. And that's why I come up with the idea with the journal. Print is so expensive. It's ridiculous. So I thought, well, let me keep it short and let me use the ebook because then people could buy it for two bucks or a yeah. dollar or whatever, or I'd probably do it free. And that's the whole idea because I'm not trying to make money on it. I, I just want people to see. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great idea because if you had put it all into one book, who knows how long it would have been and who wants to read a book that size, you know? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. So it started as a way to initiate conversation between two groups it grew into this mammoth project and i love the idea of breaking it down into a quarterly journal format i think that was very smart now we've got to kind of back up and talk about everything you just mentioned so we'll do that because um, i because you talked about a lot of great things and i'm like oh 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 <laughs> um, but how did you decide what to put in your first quarterly journal. The subtitle is The Pregnant Years of the Hebrew Calendar and the Maseroth Revisited. Tell us a little bit more about the pregnant years and the Maseroth. It's fascinating how the journey happened. I'm telling you, my hair's standing up right now on my arms because 
It was 2019 when I was looking into this, and that's when I started uh, learning more about the Hebrew calendar. And as I was trying to put that information in my writing, I started getting confused because when I was listening and reading some of the things from the Hebrew sites, uh, they were saying it was pregnant year. And I said, well, what the heck's a pregnant year? And I looked that up, and they said, oh, it's, I see it. They add a whole month of Adar. The regular month, uh, it's the last month of their year, is Adar. When it's a leap year, they add a whole nother month of Adar, and they call that Adar 1. That's confusing in itself, right? <laughs> so what it was is in, it was 2020, we had our leap year, where we added February 29th. But their 2019 year, it continues on because it overlaps the Gregorian count. So their month of Adar 1 for 2019 actually occurred in the Gregorian calendar on 2020. Oh, you wow. see? Yeah. And so I was like, Okay, I got to get my head around this. So it took me a long time just to figure that out, just to start looking in, you know, and understanding that. But the one resource that I think all your listeners would love is TorahCalendar.com, T-O-R-A-H, Calendar.com. It's a Christian site, which I was surprised. Initially, I thought it was a Hebrew site. Yeah. But they have information on there about Jesus and everything. They have the weekly reading calendar. And they have all things Hebrew as far as their festivals, and and it should be our festivals too as Christians being adopted in. And they correctly match up the Hebrew calendar with the Gregorian calendar. They make it all easy. Oh, wow. uh, Yeah, and so that's what's been helpful for me because the software for the astronomy is in the Gregorian calendar, and, of course, the Hebrew dates are in the Hebrew calendar, so... There's no way you could use them both. So with that resource right there, it's been very, very helpful okay. uh, with that one. And so anyway, that's how all that part got started because I started seeing, as the Hebrews teach, I started seeing exactly what they said, that events through the world are cyclical. During that time like of the uh, uh, the ninth of Ahab, it's always a uh, disaster or something that always happens around, not always, but it's, you know, it does occur around the same time of year all the time. In mm-hmm. the same way with the Day of Atonement, uh, which is normally around September for us. And so that's why I thought, well, if it's cyclical, maybe there's something in the stars that points to it. And so that's how I got so much involved with the uh, Hebrew calendar. The Maseroth, what happened was uh, when I was, as I'm doing more research into this, I, I happened to uh, see a video on YouTube when I was looking into the calendar by, I think the pastor was from uh, up in Canada, and he was talking about the ages. You know, when people talk the ages, like the uh, age of Aquarius and things like that? Mm-hmm. So what they're talking about is when the sun is at the spring solstice, as it rises, whatever constellation it is in, that's the age. Okay. Yeah, and so he was talking about the Maseroth. That's how I learned about that. And never really, I've read it, and it's, it's in Job. It says constellations. It doesn't say Maseroth. And that's what it is, the Hebrew zodiac. Only the Hebrew zodiac mm. is the Maseroth, the 12 constellations. That's associated with the 12 months of the Hebrew calendar. So that's how that Maseroth came into play because I was looking at times as far as ages, and then ages led me to the zodiac, the Hebrew zodiac, and I said, oh, that's interesting. And that's how it all kind of just fell together. Yeah. So does the Maseroth, does it bear any correlation to the, what do we call it, the modern zodiac or just the? 
the zodiac. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that. Yeah, they have the, the zodiac is typically the referring to those uh, the main ones. Uh, you know, like Taurus and Scorpio and yeah and uh, Cancer and all that stuff. They call you know they call them different, but there's a Phaeacus. I never heard of that before. That's a serpent barrier. And actually, that's a good question because once I learned about that. And then I learned about these three or four books dealing with the gospel and the stars. One of them was written back in the 1800s. You know, I think a newer version written of it anyway. And they talk about the original star names from the Greeks and the Arabs. They had names, you know, like the Greeks had Christos, a name of a star. And, and everything was actually pointing to Christ. When the astronomers were doing their research, they were doing it as trying to find God. And I guess is the best way to put it. It wasn't like it was pure science. And so they named it all over, you know, uh, with names related to the Bible. There's one uh, constellation that, that they call Bernice's hair. And in the, one of the books there, they say that's a corruption. A lot of the zodiac that we see today is corrupted from what it was originally. And these gentlemen went back and looked at all that. Bernice's hair wasn't a wig at all. It was a woman, a seated woman with a small boy on her knee. And it's supposed to be the seed of the woman, the redeemer. And yet now in modern times, it's known as Bernice's wig. Hmm. And I think this is how I was led down this path. Uh, and that's why I started with what I did of those three specific star investigations, you know, constellation investigations in that, where the one is the destruction of the temple, one is the binding of Isaac, and the other one being the uh, conception of Mary. Because, like I said, I'm trying to bring the Hebrews and the Christians and non-Christians together to talk. And I, what I love about this is it's not my opinion. It's what's in the stars. You can have your opinion of what the stars say, but this is what the stars say. <laughs> See? Yeah, I mean, it just sounds so fascinating. I don't know that I could ever get past all the research. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I was getting nervous. Yeah, you could just get involved in the research only because you get so excited. And I was like, oh, I'm finding this, I'm finding this, but I... I know I got to tell people. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I might be jumping around because you mentioned the two dwarf planets and they are uh, what was called the two witnesses. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so did they have a significance in relation to the title? Is, is that what I heard you saying? And then so they do also have a, a role within the broader context of your work. Is that correct? Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, it's amazing what was found there because as I was looking through the Maseroth, you know, the Zodiac, and and actually I have to mention the healing in the Hebrew months because I had sent some information to them. They have a lot of information on the Hebrew months, that website, and I figured it looks like they talk about the Zodiac in there a lot, and I sent them some information asking them if they could help me, and they said, oh, no, they don't look at it on that level, you know, for the astronomy that way mm. for the months and all and I said okay that's understandable they've been very helpful so what happened was as I'm doing their initial research I knew nothing about those dwarf planets at all and uh, so um, looking at the months and those Maseroth books that I have they talk about the days of the week like the uh, different like the moon uh, is a house for Monday and the sun is the house for Sunday and Mars is for Wednesday and Saturn's mm. for Saturday, like that. Oh, wow. And yeah, and it, yeah, it's pretty interesting. And so I was going through and cataloging all that information. I put it in a spreadsheet, and I'm thinking, you know, seven 
data points isn't very much. <laughs> when you're, you know, when you're trying to do statistics, you got to have 30 data points, a minimum of 30, in order for it to be a statistically accurate. And actually, it's like sometimes in the polls, you, you know, for political polls, you see they'll do a thousand or whatever. You know, because mm-hmm. the more data you have, the, you know, the, the more accurate the data is on it. And so, as I'm looking into this, with, there's only 12 zodiacs, you know, and there's only 12 constellations from the Maseroth, and there's seven days a week, and there's 12 months. You know, I'm thinking, this doesn't look like a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it looks like it's all subjective. You know, and with the astrologers, as I understand it, they don't only just look at where the planet is in the constellation. They're looking at the angle. Is it full straight on, or is it like two degrees or something mm. weird? Like, I mean, I'm not... But, you know, I just, my mind can't wrap around. So that's when I was searching for more and more answers. And I thought, well, maybe instead of just looking at where they are at a particular time, let me look at it uh, for a 24-hour period. So now you're getting more data. Mm -hmm. And then I started from what I learned about the Hebrew calendar, their days start at sunset. Mm. So just like uh, in the creation account, they say it was evening, it was morning, and that was the first day. So the day starts at sunset the day before oh. uh, on, a, on a Gregorian a, until sunset the next day. I would have never found what I found if I didn't know that. And they also teach about the Sabbath before any particular week is like a portal or, you know, like a, that reading is, a, is a, uh, an indication of what's going for the next week. The last uh, uh, Sabbath of the month is like a platform. I look ahead to what's happening in the next month like that. So that was the basis of my research then. I started looking at sunset for what's on the next day. And now this kind of comes to life and for real in in my mind and why this was in my spirit, uh, how to, you know, there's a language. It turns out it's probably not talking about the language as far as us talking. It turns out to be God's language in a way. Mm Mm-hmm. He created it sunset to, you know, is the beginning of the day. Yeah. It's corrupted, just like, I'm gonna, right? And of course, we're going count, and we start at midnight. Well, that's not God's count. That's not how God created the world. He didn't create it at midnight. He created it at, you know, at sunset or whatever, see? Yeah. I mean, that, that kind of thing. That's what the revelation that came to me out of all this here, is the Hebrews are teaching what God says. They actually teach that God's always talking to everybody in the world like a big cell phone tower, and not everybody's listening. If we would just stop being so busy and listen, the world would be a lot better. Yeah. Now... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get to the answer. Oh. All right. So <laughs> anyway, so I did. I looked at, and nobody uses the earth because we're on the earth, so you can't see what constellations that the earth is in. So, but the software I can, so I, I can go select the earth. Uh, in the software, you can look from anywhere. And, like, I can go to the surface of the sun and look back at the earth and then things like that. Hmm. And then you can select them and put show info on the software. So you can have all, you know, heavenly sphere, whether it's a satellite or whatever that's in their software, and select show info. It'll tell you the altitude, the angularization, all this, the scientific stuff. But it'll also show you what constellation they're in from the point of view that you're looking at. So that gave me more information. Of course... I can't go to the sun and change the time because there's, you know, there's not 24 hours on the sun. It's 24 hours on the earth because earth spins. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I I go to the times on the earth and stop it at a particular time like sunset or an hour before sunset or something like that. And then I go to the other planets and look 
at each of the other planets. If it's Sunday, I go to the sun. If it's Monday, I go to the moon, like that, see? Because that's what they were saying about the house, oh. about the houses being controlled for that day. And that's what I was testing. I was going, looking this, looking this, looking that. And it was interesting, but it just didn't really, there was still a lot of speculation, even with all that data. You know, there just wasn't anything there. And I, I kept seeing this, it was written in red, make, 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 make. And it seemed to always be next to the earth. You know, and I thought, well, that's kind of weird. Let me just click, something just told me to click on it, you know. And so I searched it, I looked it up in NASA, and this is the main thing that happened. It was discovered in 2005, I think, which was a pregnant year. In a pregnant year, the Hebrews teach that it's a double blessing because you get another extra month to worship God. Mm. So I'm looking up make, make, and then I, I find out it's in this Kuiper uh, belt that's out uh, beyond Uranus. And uh, NASA says it's, the Kuiper belt is the remnants of the birth of the stars. I thought, oh, my, that's interesting. And then how they describe make, make, they said the size of Make Make is a very small dwarf planet, discovered in 2005, like I said. And they said if, and if to better understand the size of Make Make, if the Earth is a nickel, Make Make is a mustard seed, the size of a mustard seed. Mm. Which to me, that's and that's what Jesus said. If you had the faith of a mustard seed, <laughs> which right. is the smallest seed. Your faith would be great. I'm going, okay, this is too many uh, uh, coincidences. No such thing as a coincidence, the Hebrews teach, right? Right. So then they, when do they take pictures of this make-make? For the very first time, 2019, pregnant year in the Hebrew calendar. Hmm. And then at the same time, they went and took a picture of Cirrus, which is uh, close by. And they took pictures of Cirrus, too, C-E-R-E-S. And I thought, well, I, you know, I can't ignore this information so I started going to that and this is the number one thing for me that really just clicked it because remember I'm trying to witness to the Hebrews as much as I'm witnessing to non-Christians and Christians Mm -hmm. as I'm trying to find information Uh, you know that's kind of burning in my in my heart so I said well let's take a look at the destruction of the temple and see uh, the second temple and see what's going on so when I go there and I'm looking at all the other from the different day that it is. And I think it was a Sunday. So I was looking from the sun. And I looked from the earth. And I looked from Jupiter, the king planet. And I looked from everything. I was like, yeah, these are all, it's kind of interesting. And even from earth, it had some pretty interesting things. So well, let me go take a look and see what Make Make had. So Make Make, looking for Make Make, all the other planets, the moon and the planets and the sun, are all in Libra, the scales. Mm-hmm. And Hebrews, according to the Masoroth books I have, the Hebrews believe that Libra, the scales, represents the Torah, the judgment. That's the balanced scales. Are you, you know, are you good or bad? Oh, okay, yeah. And I thought, okay, well, that makes sense. Destruction of the temple, it's judgment. They weren't doing what they were supposed to do in the temple, the priests and all that, so they got destroyed. That makes sense. Okay, well, there's something there. So then I said, okay, well, let's, I looked at what Make-Make was in. Make-Make was in Bernice's wig, which, again, is the corruption of the seed of the woman, is what it should be, according to the, the writing. So I was like, seed of the woman, the Redeemer, I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. I can understand all the other ones being in Torah on the day of the destruction of the temple. But why would, why would the Redeemer be there? And that just makes no sense. 
So then I started doing more research on it. I find on Habai.org and also on this, uh, which I asked them permission to use the quote in the writing, and they granted it. And then I contacted the Orthodox Union, and I used their quote. So I'm, I find on a, a reading about what happened on the destruction of the temple, there's a rabbi, his name is Jokanan, I believe is how you pronounce it, and he was afraid that they were going to come in and not just destroy the temple, but they were going to burn all their books, all their writings, all the, you know, the Torah scrolls and everything, mm-hmm. and kill all the Sanhedrin. So, you know, he figured if they do that, then Israel's not a nation because their central, everything is around the Torah. Right. So he risked his life and went to speak to the general that was getting ready to lead his army in there to destroy the temple in Jerusalem. And uh, as the story goes, he goes in there, and uh, he called him your eminence. And the general says, I'm not the emperor. I just work for him. And at that time, a messenger runs in and tells the general, the emperor just died. <laughs> You're in charge. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So the general looks at the rabbi and says, truly, you're a man of God. What do you want? <laughs> you know? And so he tells him you know, that what he was afraid of and what he wanted to do. He wanted to get the, all the writings out and all the Sanhedrin out before he comes in. He goes, what do you wait till now to come tell me for? I'm going to go in and destroy that place. Anyway, the, the short story is he grants his wishes so he, to get them all out there before he goes in and destroys the temple. Hmm. So why is that? How does that match up with anything? Well, the Hebrews see that Rabbi Yochanan as the redeemer of Israel because he saves Israel. If the Torah and the Sanhedrin would have been destroyed, it would no longer be a, a nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. So they see him as a redeemer. Well, doggone, it's in the stars. <laughs> it's in the stars. <laughs> is that crazy? <laughs> that is crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so the way I'm thinking, of course, maybe some people might not appreciate it, but the way I'm thinking is like, holy cow, I, I can't believe it. So I, I thought, well, what about the binding of Isaac? So real quick, uh, you know, there's information there about what that is. I go to binding of Isaac. That's when Abraham was going to sacrifice his son. Christians are taught that, it, you know, he was a baby or young or nine years old or something. But the Hebrews say, no, he was 40 or 50 years old. And why is that important? Because he could have overcome his 100-year-old father at 40 or 50 years old. Mm. It shows that he was a willing participant, that he was willing. He trusts God and his father so much that he was willingly going to be sacrificed. Mm. But the Bible verse says when Isaac asked his father, you know, well, we got the wood, we got the fire and the knife, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says the Lord will provide himself the sacrifice. This is how it's worded. Now, of course, there's no proof about when Isaac was born, but I do have some research that I did and also looking at some other, what other ones did about how to come up you know, with the date. So I had a particular date of when I thought Isaac was born, and then I figured 50 years from that time, then it would be uh, 1661 B.C., and my theory always was that looking at the cyclical nature that the Hebrews teach for the calendar of when everything happens, then he was probably asked to do that on the Day of Atonement, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I went to the Day of Atonement in 1661 using the com. And I looked to see what the Maseroth said. And I tell you what, that one took a while because I started on the Saturday before the month of Tishri. Tishri is when you have all the goings on, you know, like Sukkot and Day of Atonement and Yom Kippur and all that. 
that's the high holy days, some cat Torah, you got all that. So I thought, okay, well, let me go by what they were saying. You know, Saturday before the month is important. So I started there and I went all the way through the days, all the way up to the day of atonement looking. And I've been doing it for so many hours, so many days. This is the weird thing. So I get to a point we we had you know I need to go to the store. You want to go with me? I say, well, okay. So I wasn't quite there. It looked like I was almost there. It seemed like that always happens, right? You're almost at a point. <laughs> so I said, okay, okay. I, I'll stop. I'll pause. Something's telling me to go. So I go. So I went. So we went to the store. And a few hours later, I come back and I'm looking at my notes. I'm not really sure where I was at. I didn't even remember what time it was or where I was at. I just said, let me just. Something just told me to go to make me. So I go to make me. Make make is in Aries, the ram, the sacrifice. All the other planets are in Eridanus, which is the celestial river, the river of judgment. Mm. Couldn't believe my eyes. <laughs> I couldn't believe my eyes. I, I just couldn't believe it. I said, you're kidding me. And this is before the day of atonement, just before sunset, I think it is, or just after sunset, right around that time. And, of course, Abraham's not going to be it. And this is all at Jerusalem time I was looking at. Abraham wasn't going to sacrifice Isaac, at, you know, at the day before. Uh, maybe he was. I don't know. But, but uh, my thinking is God provided the ram in the bush before they even got up to the mountain, you know. Yeah. Because he always right, right? So this is like, this is the day before the Day of Atonement, just beforehand. All of a sudden, there's a make makes in the ram. Everything else is in judgment. And uh, God put the ram in the bush before I, uh, Isaac and Abraham ever got to the top of the hill. In my mind, because there it is. I mean, what's the, that can't be a coincidence. <laughs> All of them in the river of judgment and, and make makes in the ram, Aries? Are you kidding me? And then after a couple of hours in the data there, I'm using a spreadsheet to put in the days and what the uh, moon and the earth are doing, because I think it was a Monday that year. That's why I was looking at the moon. And um, the moon also represents Israel. And they weren't, neither one was in Aries all that time. I was looking at the moon or the earth until that time. Yeah. After, yeah, they both went into Aries. I was like, wow, this is unreal. Well, that software that so, you're using sounds amazing, too, that you can actually use modern software to look and see what the sky actually looked like in the past. You know, what the stars exactly. Like. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly right. I can tell you what that software is here in a little bit. And it's the same uh, version that Jim Larson used in the uh, Star of Bethlehem. And it's uh, Starry Night version 8. Yeah. Yeah, and it's incredible. So I'm thinking, okay, well, that's fascinating. So let me go look. And because according to this Bethlehem Star documentary, he found what he thought was the conception, the birth, and then also the first Christmas, which was, you know, six months after Jesus' birth. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, so in 3 B.C. was the conception. It was on Yom Kippur. It was September 11th was, uh, uh, was that, and that's where I looked at. On Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, same day Adam was created. Oh, really? Uh, September 11th? Uh, that's, wow. Yeah. No, not September 11th. I'm sorry, the first day of history. Oh, okay. It was September 11th that year in, in 3 B.C. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, but the, uh, that was the... Uh, the because the Hebrews uh, teach that uh, the first day of Tishri was the day Adam was created. You know, that yeah. was the Friday of Christian week, and then the next day is the Sabbath. And it just so happens, this is what fascinates me too, is that 
on September 11th in 3 BC, and remember, uh, the astronomy software uses the Gregorian calendar, and that's what Jim Larson found for where uh, Jupiter and Regulus and all this was doing different things, and Venus and all in the software. Yeah. So that's why I went there, and I went there at sunset, which is the very start of the Friday for uh, the Hebrew calendar on the first day of uh, Yom Kippur. And uh, sure enough, the first day of Tishri, the same day Adam was created, of course, people believe that uh, Jesus is the second Adam. First Adam was the physical, second Adam the spiritual. And what happens? Make make is in the scales. All the other planets are in Leo Minor, the baby Leo. Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. The Leo, the lion. That's weird, right? Yeah. That they all, <laughs> they, <laughs> they were all, that's just, I was, and, and so this is what got me for, uh, it's like, wow, if the Hebrews believe about what the stars say with Rabbi Yochanan, right, in 70 CE, that, you know, he was a redeemer and the stars show it, and if the Hebrews believe that in 1661, God provided the ram that's shown in the stars with the ram, then they're going to have to believe, in my opinion, the conception, the birth, and the first Christmas, which is coming out in a different, uh, there's other two are coming out in a different way, mm. uh, of what the stars say. Make, make is in Libra, Torah, the word, God's word, right? Mm. The scales, mm. Libra, God's word, and all the other plants are in Leo Lion. You know, you know, baby Leo, mm. the lion's whelp, like Genesis 49.9, Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey, my son. Thou art gone up, you stoop down and crouch as a lion and as an old lion who will rouse him up. And that's always been a belief that that was referring to uh, uh, Jesus and, the you know, being uh, the redeemer. Oh, wow. And yet there it is. Yeah. Make makes in the word of God, all the other planets and the sun are in Leo Minor. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's why I wanted the discussion about it. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just telling you what I found. To me, it, it makes sense. So let's talk about it. Yeah. So I had that discussion on the forum on, on writing.com, you know, free. Uh, you can look at it without doing anything but you if you want to comment you join writing.com but it's free it doesn't cost a thing okay and i'll put a link to the forum and the torah calendar and the astronomy software in the notes with this yeah. podcast so people can check them out absolutely yeah i encourage that so i have a feeling you could talk about this all day and i love to see an author passionate <laughs> about their work but we we better wrap this up now so uh, with the intention right. of making this a quarterly publication, can you give us a sneak peek into what we might expect in the upcoming issues? Yes, yeah, so actually, I'm going to have two special editions. One's going to be about the visit of the three kings, which includes Jesus, uh, the, what the uh, Maseroth uh, shows for his birth in June of that year and also for the first Christmas as per uh, the Bethlehem Star on December 25th. It is on December 25th in uh, 2 BC, uh, you know, is what he found. And I did find information, uh, you know, that looks just like what I explained here. And another special edition will be on uh, for Passover, for the crucifixion. I hadn't done that much work on that one yet. 
both of those are separate from the, the next quarterly one that I have, and that's going to be all about Christopher Columbus because I did not know Christopher Columbus, maybe he's a Messianic Jew or, or maybe he was a, a Jew, you know, the Hebrew. Mm. But, yeah, and that on his second voyage, there were 17 ships, and there was a rabbi that funded that. They've gotten money. It's just amazing information that's in there. I got the book written by his son and a couple other researchers and a log and also parts of his log. And I look at the stars, amazing information that I find in that. I even had the night sky on the day he left. In his log, he left an hour before sunset. So using that astronomy software, and I know, of course, in the log, it tells you what port he was heading out of Spain there over there. Of course, it wasn't Spain back then. Yeah. And it shows the port and it shows where he was going, you know, in the book. So then I have the software looking that way, southeast from uh, where he was at. And this is in the first writing. And he would have seen the stars as, you know, being a, a very experienced uh, seafarer by that time. And the, the constellations that you could see, if it was a clear night, and I'm assuming that's probably why he wanted to leave uh, an hour before uh, sunrise so he could get his bearings straight. Uh, and that was a Friday evening that he left. So Saturn is at the level of the horizon from there, which is Saturday. And the constellation uh, next to Saturn is Aquarius, which is, you know, the uh, spiritual water, the re- redemption. The next one above that one was Pisces, you know, the fish, mm-hmm. which has always been a sign for Israel. And also the two levels, you know, uh, spiritual and physical. And the next constellation is Aries. <laughs> is that crazy or what? I, just, I couldn't believe it. I mean, but that's what he he would have seen those three constellations uh, as he was uh, leaving port and heading uh, out to the sea. Wow! Wow! Going south. It's crazy things. I just you know, like I said, it's there for everybody. To let everybody get the software. Everybody get the door. Let's all you know look into this thing together. Yeah. Yeah. How fun. Well, yeah, like I said, good things coming up, and sounds like you have your work cut out for you, but it doesn't sound like you're calling it work. No, ma'am. No, it's exciting. I, I, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm kind of a, a health nut, and, I, and I'm more excited about this than I am about working out. It <laughs> <laughs> should be, right? This is real life. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, Hollis, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing a little bit about your work. It sounds uh, really exciting, and it was really a pleasure getting to learn more about you and your work, and um, I look forward to see what you have coming up next. Well, I thank you so much for you and your team and, uh, and for this opportunity. It's been great. I really enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank you for joining me today for my interview with Hollis Francis. You can learn more about Hollis and his work at hollisfrancisaof.com. And be sure and check out our other interviews at InsideScoopLive.com. <laughs>